8th of April and because it's Wednesday it is time for Cruz McCalligan to join us with her regular weekly audio column. Cruz, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you doing, Karen? I'm good. I'm kind of sad that I'm stuck inside when I know it's beautiful outside, but of course we can't tell with this windowless studio. But um, no. I'm happy that I'm talking to you, so <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> and that's fine. It's just an exercise in us continuing to practice social distancing despite all of the tempting things the world is throwing at us to lure us outdoors into crowds. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what have you got for us today? I know you have a very fun topic today. Yes, we're going to talk about sea monkeys. I love sea monkeys. Okay, so before the program, I came down to do a little preview with James Ross, who told us he did not know what sea monkeys were. Oh, did he never have them as a kid or anything? No, he's had a totally deprived childhood. He never had an ant farm either. Really? Yes. <laughs> At all? At all. Either. Either. No did ant farm, no sea monkeys. Just like blocks, wooden uh, blocks. It sounds and... like he had a serious childhood. <laughs> Gosh. Or maybe just one with no um, living t thing toys. Wow. Wow. Um, amazing. Well, um, I did have sea monkeys as a child. Did you? Um, I did, but I had them as an older child, I think, like as a teenager, <laughs> because I don't think my parents wanted to buy them because we already had birds and fish and a dog. Sure. Well, then I think that's probably fair. Um but I do think um, when you say that, like a bit like embarrassed, almost that you had them older. I'm currently in my 30s and I have some sea monkeys. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that needs to be something to be ashamed of, Karen. Maybe I can get um, some now. I'm in my um, 50s. But I actually I, I came across them a few weeks ago in a toy shop. I was trying to find interesting things to do with my daughter, considering she hasn't been going out much lately for the last couple of months. And um, I found them. And of course, that was obviously they were not for my daughter. She's tiny and she's not interested in them. But I was like, oh, I forgot about sea monkeys. I forgot. I forgot about them you know and I had this like vague memory of being a child and a them dying and not working mm -hmm. right and not hatching and then I had this sort of other recollection of them getting much bigger than I thought they would and being these really strange looking little creatures uh, wait okay, so I was Cruz just one thing it just in case there may be some listeners out there who don't even know yes. what they are exactly so this is the thing so this is this uh, you get them as um so sea monkeys are actually a type of brine shrimp hmm. but they're so they're they're a species of brine shrimp the artemia salina um that used to used to live uh, they live in salt lakes or salt flats okay. so areas of the world with like salt lakes and salt flats and when the water of the salt lake evaporates the shrimp go into a state of suspended animation Hmm. which is called cryptobiosis. And they remain in this protective cyst-like casing until water is added to them, right? And that's usually when the eggs hatch. Now, that's already really fascinating yes. from a biological point of view that we have a creature on Earth that could that could do that that these brine shrimp can can do that they, they can they can they have these incredible survival skills in fact with brine shrimp you can safely dry them out set them on fire dissolve them in alcohol deprive them of oxygen zap them with ultraviolet light boil them at 105 degrees celsius or chill them to near zero um, at the point, you know, atoms would stop moving uh -huh. um, and they can ex survive extremes of pH that would dissolve human flesh, what? water that is 50% salt, all of these different things. Are you serious? Um, and they've, 
Yes, so they're, they're, like they're they're quite fascinating, but we don't really we've never really understood we never really understood how they did it. Like, and now people are looking into them more and more because obviously, if we can understand how these tiny little creatures can survive all of those sorts of things, it would be amazing to think what we'd be able to survive in the future. Right. right? But that's not what I'm talking about with them today <laughs> because they're called we call them sea monkeys mainly because of one very eccentric man who actually created them as um they're not really uh if you think about it, it it's it, they're purely a marketing gimmick yeah. and they've kind of they emerged as a marketing gimmick and they remain a marketing gimmick so Dec uh, they've been um they've been around for a very long time and they have quite a fascinating story which when i started to look into took some turns to like places i was not expecting it to go <laughs> so <laughs> we can go all the way back so the man that originally created the sea monkey as a pet was an american marketer and his name was harold von braunhut uh-huh right now in 1957 he became fascinated with these brine shrimp um he he saw them being sold as kind of food as pet food in a pet store mm -hmm. and he just thought it was incredibly fascinating that that they could do that now he was already quite interested in wildlife right he he was born in memphis on um in 1926 and he grew up in new york city where he lived until the 1980s and then he moved somewhere else and he set up a wildlife conservation area he was somebody who was he was quite interested in wildlife and animals and things but that's not even remotely of who he really was who he really was was a very clever savvy businessman mm. and so he saw these little tiny brine shrimp and he thought okay this is fascinating you know what you know i can't believe that you just add some water and this happens to them um now he enlisted the help of a marine biologist and a micro crustacean expert which is one of those careers that i really hope people still have a micro you know what crustacean I, mean? expert. I really hope okay. i really hope there are micro crustacean experts around because yes. i think we should have them on the one two three show okay. sometime um and basically, uh, they figured out a way to treat tap water with a mix of nutrients, um, and then uh, and then they, these would revive the shrimp in a tank in your own home. Wow. So you'd have these little, you know, that you could create that environment for them. Now, from the get-go, this guy had his marketing hat on. You know, he called these little nutrients magic crystals. Oh, wonderful! And he was the one. He was the one who, you know, who came up with the concept of calling them sea monkeys. So. He himself held about 200 patents, right? Wow. Like he was always creating things. And around the same time he was doing, um, <clears throat> he had this idea of sea monkeys. They already had um, ant farms and there was someone called Uncle Milton and Uncle Milton ant farms and you could raise your own ants. Right. So that was already something that you were seeing was like hugely popular at the idea. So this is at the end of the 50s. So he was thinking, you know, I thought, he, and this is a quote from him. He said, I thought if you could take a package of powder and put it in water and see it come to life, what could be more remarkable than that? True. It's pretty magical. Always, it is quite magical. Yeah. So he's like, I was always interested in wildlife and I was looking for something that would interest other people in it. If we're being completely honest, he was looking for something that would make him a tidy butt. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. But they, so, so he already saw that like ant farmers were doing really, really, really well. And it was this idea that you could sell science to kids or sell them life forms which would entertain them and they could learn about nature. And he'd never seen anything that specifically said why he was hell-bent on doing this with shrimp specifically. Mm. But it was a very, very clever idea. Yeah. So he began selling these shrimp in the 1960s. 
Um, and he marketed them under the name Instant Life. So that was the first kind of title they had. It was okay. like a little packet that would come. And the kit sold for 49 cents US. So and cheap. You got this, yeah, it's so cheap. So you got this little packet of the shrimp, which is dry, and you could keep it for almost for you pretty much forever. They wouldn't be alive. Right. And then the little packets of nutrients and the food the shrimp would eat. But it didn't come with its own tank yet to provide your own goldfish bowl. So it's just these two little packets. That's it. Mm. And... So he didn't, um, so that was kind of the thing, and it would be called Instant Life. Um, but he was a marketer. Like, as I said, he was, this is a businessman, and he wanted clever ideas for how to push the sale of them. Um, and their tails, the actual tail of the little, um, the little shrimp. So they start, sea monkeys start very, 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 very small. Yeah. And they get to about two centimeters long, and they're really strange, amazing looking things. Um, they kind of like, um, Constantina and Flo, they're kind of like a, much more like a ballerina prawn. I'm going to <laughs> go with that prawn. analogy. I love it. Um, they're kind of like that. So, but so he had this idea. He called um, he called these little brine shrimp originally. He called them exotic Saskatchewan uh, brine shrimp, which sounds exotic, uh -huh. right? So he tried that, but of course it's a bit of a mouthful and quite difficult to spell. And kids, kids and can't then, say that. And kids can't yeah. say it. And then he called them sea monkeys because they have this sort of long tail that looks like a monkey's tail. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they're called sea because they're a water animal, although they were never, ever from the ocean or the sea or salt water at all. They're from, like, salt water lakes and salt flats and things like that. They have nothing to do with the ocean. So the name sea monkey is completely misleading. Yes, and this I have a bone to pick with this because when I finally got my sea monkeys, I was so disappointed that there were no monkeys inside. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And a lot of people say, um, you know, that if, if it was, a, there's, there's a very famous book that came out called Timeless Toys, classic toys and the playmakers who created them. And the writer of the book says um, about sea monkeys, which are a very important classic toy. He said, if this was marine biology, facts would matter, but this was marketing. So it didn't matter <laughs> at all. So um, in 1964, that's when they, they stopped being called instant life and they started being called sea monkeys. Now, what's interesting is, as you said, they don't look anything like the way that they're they're uh, illustrated. So actually, they started as these little packets, but very quickly, they used um, they started the, you, the sea monkey um, marketing is the picture they use for the sea monkeys. The little drawing illustration looks nothing like anything you've ever seen. Like it's not; it's like a made-up creature. It's right. kind of a bit humanoid. It's got things on its head. Yeah. You can have a look at what the traditional sea monkey um, things look like. And again, this was very clever. You know, these little naked, pot-bellied humanoid creatures with crowns on their heads and things. And um, they don't look anything like the final product. No, but um. <laughs> But Harold was a really clever guy. He hired a comic book artist called Joe Orlando, who would later go on to become the vice president of DC Comics wow. and the associate publisher of Mad Magazine. That's the guy. That's who the created guy. This, that's the guy who created this sort of like weird looking humanoid little illustration um, to market these sea monkeys. Um, so, you know, he had like quite a good team behind him, really. Um, but then that the thing is that, you know, kids are pretty, pretty clever anyway. And even if the little sea monkeys don't look anything like they do on the box, literally, they look nothing like on the box. Yeah. Um, they still have fine, you know, ways of kind of having fun and sort of seeing that and not having an issue with it. Um, but now the, the other thing that's really genius about this is then they, they so they used a comic book artist to create the the way they were going to market them. And then they started advertising them in comic books. So the problem was ant farms were really popular. So mm -hmm. ant farms were done. That was like, that was handled. So chain stores wouldn't touch 
Harold's little weird creatures um, because it, it didn't work. It was too much. It was too much to try and, you know, the, the market was saturated in with, the 60s. With ant farms. There was no, with ant, with no with room farms. for sea monkeys. Absolutely. Um, so what he did is he basically, he started up, um, in, so in 1962, he started buying up advertising space in comic books. And he was very proud that he wrote the copy himself. He'd write things like, a bowl full of happiness. And, um, and, you know, to describe how, what it would be like to have a sea monkey. And he basically bought up all this advertising space. They say that he bought 3.2 million pages in comic book ads a year. Wow, that's a, year a lot. In the early 60s, you know. And he put ads in every kind of comic book, in like Archie and Spider-Man and Cats for the Friendly Ghost. And he didn't care about a type or a genre. Anything that went directly to a kid and bypassed a parent, he mm. was marketing to with these instant life sea monkeys, right? Yeah. And it was an incredible system back in the day because what you did is all you had to do was send money to the address in the ad, 49 cents, and your sea monkeys would arrive in the mail because it was just a couple of little packets, mm, you know, dried clever. stuff. Yeah, so it was quite an incredible, um, it was quite an incredible act of marketing, really, that, this, that, that that's how he created this product. Um, but of course, the problem was that keeping um, the original sea monkeys alive was a terrible struggle. Yes, um, and I had this problem. Yes, and so I've had this problem. I'm actually currently on my second batch of them. Why do they? <laughs> why are they so hard to keep alive? They, they just uh, maybe some of them don't hatch properly. That was one I problem know. I think I had. But then mm -hmm. I, I did find them quite hard to keep alive. Yeah, they are quite hard to keep alive. I think um, I've learned through a recent trial and error that aerating is quite important, like tipping them from container to container to put mm -hmm. some oxygen in their tank or um, making sure you don't overfeed them. They also have to be at the right temperature. In Hong Kong, we've had a couple of cold snaps lately. Oh, they don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> they like, do they like but, um, warm water? Yeah, they like warm water. Mm. They're better in warm. They're better in warmer water, room temperature water. Um, but the interesting thing is, so they, 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 they were quite hard to, to keep alive. So you'd usually get like maybe 30 in a packet, like 30 eggs or something, but they wouldn't all survive. They wouldn't all hatch. Right. And typically, just two of them would end up living for about a month. Oh. Um, which again, this is really fascinating. So Harold, being a consummate marketer and slight con artist, um, started offering a sea monkey life insurance policy. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, and things like that. But um, what they did is they started cross uh, him and his micro crustacean expert started crossbreeding shrimp from the same genus to make a healthy, a heartier species. No way. Um, yeah, so they wanted it to be large enough to be of interest, but also to live long enough to be a pet. Oh my so they kind of so it was like it's a I didn't realize this was happening. The more I read about this, the guiltier I feel about having sea monkeys. Yeah. Um, but they but so they do all this amazing stuff, and they they have a very interesting anatomy. They breathe through their feet. They're hmm. born with one eye, but grow two upon reaching maturity, which sounds very metaphorical. Um, <laughs> um, they're, they're attracted to light. So they, you know, they used to, he used to write adverts saying, oh, you can train them because they would follow light I if see. you put light on there. So he had all these, these ways of sort of um, marketing them and people wanting to buy them. And they were incredibly, incredibly, incredibly popular. They had sea monkey accessories, all these different things um, that would kind of, uh, you know, they had vitamins, they had aphrodisiacs for them. Wow. <laughs> like, a whole suite of complete like emperor's new clothes style products that made absolutely <laughs> no difference to anything they didn't have but, actual um, clothes did they <laughs> no they didn't have actual clothes 
yet. Um, but they, um, they then they're, they're not harmful to the environment. So that's an important thing to okay. know. So if you if people you know if you lose some of them down the drain, they, it's, they it's won't okay. become an invasive species. Oh, yeah, they good. can't survive outside of the water that's prepared for them with a special Harold formula. Ah. So um, um, James was wondering earlier, do you think this is cruel? <laughs> to see monkeys uh, yeah you see i'm i'm in that frame of mind now yeah. i don't know i think i think it could be or it couldn't be um i mean they're in suspended animation mm. in cryptobiosis their entire lives is yes. it different to having some goldfish yeah i'm not sure are they um, emotional beings are they very sentient i don't know but i mean is that like is that like anything if we, we, we looked at ants in an ant farm would we say that that's maybe cruel i don't know mm. i don't know I don't know. I don't know that question, and I'm I'm not emotionally strong enough to explore it um, <laughs> with our remaining eight minutes. But, <laughs> um, but they are really, really fascinating. Um, there are males and females, um, and they uh, the males lock together and fight for the attention of the female sea monkeys. They mate, but if a male isn't present, a female can procreate without him. Wow. Which is aspirational. Um, they can they can fertilize. Yeah, they fertilize their own eggs. Do they, um, so I wonder, do they often um, reproduce while in captivity, while in a little tank at someone's house? Oh yes, apparently yes. So if you have sea monkeys, pet sea monkeys, they you, they 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 you can expect that they will mate and reproduce if you continue to feed them and aerate them and provide them a nice, comfortable, happy environment to do so. They will continue to do mm. so. Interesting. Yeah, so, so there's all of this sort of thing, and of course they've become sort of part of. Um, so the, interestingly, they went to space. Sea monkeys have been to space. Wow. Um, in 1998, the space shuttle Discovery carried um, carried astronaut John Glenn, who was 77 and was participating in a study on the effects of space on the elderly, which is a very specific study. Yes. And um, he brought 400 million sea monkey eggs with him. 400 and, um, million, eggs, that's amazing. 400 million, which sounds like a lot. It's probably about a thimble. Um, and the eggs spent nine days in space, and when they hatched eight weeks later, they didn't seem to show any ill effects from their journey or anything like that. Um, so that's quite an interesting thing. So that, that this, we're trying to learn from these creatures as well, which I think is quite amazing. Yeah. And they've got a lot. They've come up in, a lot in pop cu pop culture. We see them in, they, they come up in, they're in songs. There was a TV show called The Amazing Live Sea Monkeys in 1992. It sounds appalling, so I'm not even going to try and find it. <laughs> um, and so there's all these different things that kind of happened. Um, and, uh, and there was games, video games and everything. But then I was looking into this because people kind of forgot about sea monkeys. I forgot about sea mm. monkeys. And then apparently in the last couple of years, about five years ago, there was a huge, uh, um, basically a huge lawsuit between Harold's widow and sort of the toy company that claimed rights to the to owning the Sea Monkeys brand and everything else. Um, and this kind of churned up people's interest in um, in it all over again because uh, he's no longer alive, okay. Harold. Um, but his ex, uh, his wife uh, Yolanda Signorelli, um, you know, she she's still a kind of a larger than life character herself. Um, but they they sort of people started looking into this a little bit more, and they realised that um, you know, here's this guy, this marketer guy. But um, then then this is what I mean about this going to places I didn't think it would go to. Um, they they see in a kind of a radically different sphere of his life. On the one hand, he also uh, so he created a lot of toys and patents for toys. Um, he uh, raced motorcycles as um, under the name the Green Hornet. Wow. So he did that, um, and he managed the career of a man who used to dive from forty feet into a kiddie pool filled with twelve inches of water. <laughs> oh my he goodness. was the manager of that man, okay. right? 
Um, and he sold, uh, he actually at one point was sold a toy. He sold invisible goldfish by guaranteeing that owners would never see them. He literally, what? he literally emperors new clothes, a product that, and made money from it. That's amazing. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating. But I don't think he was the best guy, Karen. He, do, he because, doesn't, yeah, he seems a bit exploitative, doesn't he? No, well, no, it gets, it gets worse. It gets worse. So then, <laughs> Apparently, in 1996, in an Anti-Defamation League report, it was noted that he may belong to the KKK oh, and the Aryan Nation. No way. <laughs> so this is what I mean. I don't even know where this is going. Okay. And then the Washington Post published an article in, in 1988 that sort of said that maybe he was. But then they actually went back and looked at his um, his family. And his family members say he was born um, born and raised Jewish. So wow. like this whole thing where people are saying the proceeds of sea monkeys was going to right-wing supremacist groups, and then he never confirmed or denied it. Other people were saying that. So I don't even know. I'm waiting for the movie uh, I, at well, this point. Well, I was just thinking, you know, Tiger King is over, but I think Netflix needs to do... Yeah. Waiting in the wings <laughs> exactly. is Harold, Harold von, Bronach. von Bronach of the sea yeah. monkey fame. That sounds... I think so. <sighs> I think so. Amazing. So it's it's quite fascinating, and after reading this, I don't know if I should have bought some. <laughs> well, I don't know what I've actually supported, but of course, it doesn't belong to him anymore. It doesn't belong to his wife anymore. It's one of those fascinating things that's been passed from generation to generation. But interestingly, they're still going. You can still raise your own sea monkeys, and you know what? I'm an adult, and very little surprises or delights me yeah. outside of like you know the natural growth and curiosity of my beautiful daughter right. but like you know the world you know like you know what i mean we can all get a little bit yeah. jaded and i think lately our world's been you either take a huge look at the world and you get really overwhelmed by what's been happening because it's really easy to do that because yes. why wouldn't you feel that way or you really retract into your own life and you keep things very small and manageable for yourself yeah but i i thought well let me let me just find something that's a little bit awe inspiring i have to say Seeing little sea monkeys surviving and living was quite, quite uplifting. Yeah, yeah. So well, you I have, have three, and I hope they keep going. I hope so too. <laughs> and you just have to enjoy what you can from them, right? Just pick yeah. those moments. So pick those moments. So yeah, so yeah. sea monkeys. I'm not going to say everyone run out and buy them because I'm not sure if that's ethical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just thought it was a fascinating story. Absolutely. About, you know, an incredible thing between someone who prized himself on being a copywriter and a marketer. And then also said he claimed to love animals. So oh. I thought it was very interesting. Well, Cruz, uh, fascinating as always. Thank you so much for that that whole um, download on sea monkeys. Yeah. Who would so who ever knew? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm not speaking to you next week. I think Noreen will be back, but it's been great speaking to you today. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye. Cruz McCalligan talking all about sea monkeys there.